Happy 4th of July. This is Johnny Pinball on the Totally Pinball Podcast, Episode 10. Thank you so much for joining me today. There has been news, but has there been the news since our last episode, Episode 9? Nothing that really jumps out to me. We haven't had our next Foo Fighters. We're still kind of waiting for the next big thing. We're waiting for the next Stern release. Rumored Venom, right? That's supposed to be happening in Comic-Con this July. Checking my calendar here, that's July 20th. A little over a week away as of this recording. While Stern readies the hype for Venom, they went ahead and released the James Bond topper and accessories. Looks like that exclusive topper is available for only $999.99. You're missing the signature, but that's about it. The also previously exclusive to the 60th edition shooter knob is available for $179.99. Looks like you can get Art Blades, the one that the 60th again didn't even come with because it didn't really match the theme. You can get those for a cool $99.00. Side armor is available for $249.99. So it's all available. Will you guys be tricking out your James Bond? A lot of people like to say, it's growing on me with those code updates. So is James Bond still a turd, or is it now a diamond in the rough? I don't know if code can save it. I really don't care for the left side of that playfield with the scuba diver. It's a lot of space for a lot of meh. But that's just my opinion after all, so no offense, guys. All right, what's next? Well, we're halfway through summer. I hope you guys have been getting out and enjoying it. Getting a little sun, you know. We need that vitamin D. I know I have. I've been outside running almost every day. Doing a couple of races here. I just got back from the Firecracker 4 Mile in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Running over Big Blue Bridge and back. And when I run, I'm not listening to music. I'm not listening to podcasts. I'm just alone with my thoughts. And sometimes I get some pinball thoughts on the on the journey, you know? And on my last particular run, I was thinking about wasted pinball themes. Themes that were good themes. Themes that maybe you wanted, maybe everyone wanted. That the company that licensed them and made the game just delivered a steaming, you know, a steaming turd. So naturally, I was thinking about Pinball Brothers Queen Pinball. You know, that theme is iconic. Queen, I'm not even of the age when Queen was popular, when I I wasn't even alive then. But I still listen to them now. It's on Classic Rock. It's been made popular by the movie. It's probably a theme we'd rather have JJP or Stern make. Looks like the Pinball Brothers are noticing the lack of interest in it. They tried to hobbled this game back together by getting Jerry Thompson to kind of redo the sounds. And they had all that feedback from the Chicago Pinball Expo in 2022. Just This just in, breaking news, as I'm recording, Pinball Brothers have now dropped the price to $8,995, which sounds like a much better number than their original $92.95. So $300. Is that enough to make you say, oh, this game sucks to, I don't care how good it is. I'm saving $300. I'm going to buy it now. Probably not. This could just be some sort of like, you know, exchange rate conversion that's in the United States favor right now. Pinball Brothers, meet me at camera too. Hey, how's it going? So you tried with Queen. It was a game you really didn't make. You bought the company. Queen was in the pipeline. We get it. You hate to throw it out. You know, you don't want to throw the baby out the bathwater. But maybe you were throwing good money at bad with this design. Sure, Barry Alsler may have done it, but was his heart in it? So here's what I think you guys should do. Be like Antonarius Johnson, throw this stuff on sale. I'm Antonarius Johnson here at Antonarius Johnson's Electronics. Check out this refrigerator, only $200. What about this microwave? Only $100. That's fair. I'm Antonarius Johnson. Our prices, I hope, aren't too low. Slash that price. $89.95. No, that's too much, Bob. I want to see this $69.95 at the price of a Stern Pro. 
it would compete. Would it sell as well as Foo Fighters? No, it still wouldn't. It's, it's the game, right? But you're going to get some sales, blow out all that excess inventory, move on to the next game, make more aliens if that's selling for you, and then call it a day. All right, are we excited? Do we agree with that? What's the next game that maybe wasn't done to its full potential? I'm thinking Steve Ritchie's Led Zeppelin for Stern, his last game at Stern. I don't think his heart was in it after they told him he couldn't have that Stairway to Heaven mech. He phoned it in from there and was shopping himself out to JJP. So that game got the corporate pinball design. You know, when too many uh, people have their hands in the pot, you end up with a little blandness. I mean, it shows. There's like, that pro is... Pretty much just art on a playfield. But with Steve games, we never even get good art. It's adequate, but it's just, you know, assets the band provided. He talked to Jeff Teolis, which I haven't, but I have listened to his podcast, and he turns off the one mech that's in that game, the electromagnetic spinner Magilio thingy that pops up from the playfield. So that's the only mech the upper end games have, and he disables it because it interrupts the flow of the game. So you can't argue that it doesn't have good flow. Steve Ritchie can make a game. It's much better than Space Hunt will ever be. Now, I can't really knock Space Hunt as being not up to the potential since it's an original theme that someone imagined, but I feel like it's a good transition to our next topic, new pinball machines on the radar. Beep, 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 new pinball machines. We've got Space Hunt and Centaur Remake. Space Hunt comes out of France, so you know it's going to be genius. Genius in France, genius in France. Space Hunt is the new GTF, and they even recorded a custom song to one-up GTF. So let's take a listen right now. So that was the French company's Hexa Pinballs Space Hunt. First impressions is they took inspiration from Toy Story 4 by giving this game the color palette a 10-year-old girl would love. Oof, that's a lot of pink. You know, I would think I've been reading some news headlines about there being a shortage of pink paint out there. Um, all the headlines are reporting that it's because of the Barbie movie. Um, Steve, can you take it from here? Finally, even more about the upcoming Barbie movie. This is incredible. If you had to describe the recent trailer in one word, that word likely would be pink. So this is crazy. It turns out that they used so much fluorescent pink paint when they created this whole Barbie land that it caused a worldwide shortage. I'm going to have to contradict Steve. You know what I've been hearing? My sources have been saying, and these are super secret Johnny Pinball sources, that the true shortage of the pink paint is because of the Hexa Pinball Space Hunt. I mean, just look at all the pink on that playfield. Just look at it. <laughs> just look at it. Yeah, well. What the heck is that? And look at that we will. Here is the flyer for Space Hunt, the pinball machine. Actually, it's just called Space Hunt. Goals. You're going to play as the hero, Spherus, and free your people from the yoke of the space hunters. So the title of the game is the people you're trying to defeat. And to defeat them, all you need to do is complete all original missions to defeat the enemy. You know, I've been hearing a lot on podcasts, and people are saying, you know, modern games are just too deep. Too many rules. I don't know how to win in Star Wars. I have multipliers. I have different characters. And don't even get me started with Mandalorian with the Foundry. Here we are with Space Hunt. All you got to do is just complete the missions and then you win. That's it. 
This game features three pinball machines. Now, this is probably translated wrong. Maybe this game features <laughs> three pinballs. Maybe it's got a three-ball multi-ball. Let's go with that. It has two tray levels. I love this translation. Okay. Let's say that that means two trim levels. Would you just look at this? It has a double entry center ramp. All right. That's cool. And then it has a long access ramp to the mini tray. You know that little serving tray you take with you when you watch TV in the living room? That's the mini tray. Or it probably means the upper play field. Then we've got a spinner. We've got three, not just one, not just two, but three illuminated drop targets. And if we saw in the pictures, they kind of look like spooky pinballs, what they do with the clear drop targets. It has a hidden plot. So you got to put a dollar in to find out what the plot is. And the more money you put in, the more the plot's revealed to you. Makes sense to me. Here we got the multi-balls. Okay, up to four balls. So I still don't know what the three pinball machines was earlier. Maybe it's buy one, get two free. Do you guys remember in like the early aughts when you would buy a Kia, you'd get a free Kia Rio? It's buy one, get one free time at the giant Summit Place Kia. Boss, are you crazy? Crazy about saving you money. That's right, buy an 08 Kia, get an 07 for free. Love to see ya in a Summit Place Kia. Like if we just give you quantity, you'll overlook the quality and you'll just buy it anyway. And then finally, a single pendulum shot. So that was that upper tray, um, upper play field rather, little spinny loop-de-loop. -loop. Has that pendulum shot up there. Okay. So that's what everyone gets. But if you want to join the VIP club, you get a digital service menu. All right. Better than the analog one we're used to. You know how, you know what I'm talking about, right? You open this darn pinball machine and there's just a bunch of score reels. We haven't seen score reels in the back box since the late seventies, but Stern's been putting them under the game for analog service adjustments. Dip switches, score reels. It's such a headache. Thankfully, Hexa Pinball's got us covered with the digital service menu. It has a brake system. So if you push your pinball machine around, maybe it's on casters. This model probably comes with casters. You can brake it safely. No need to worry about, oh man, don't want to run away freight train pinball machine. The brake system's got you covered. And then finally, the soundtrack is original. Excellent. So they didn't, they didn't steal that music and I probably won't get any content IDs then. Thank you, Hexa Pinball, for that. With original voice. Probably original voice acting. We'll, we'll fill in the blanks there. I would hope so. So that means probably no Mark Silk, unfortunately. They probably got the JJP guys to do the voice acting because they did do the little acting in, you know, Godfather. And I heard that that was just a warm up for Space Hunt. And finally, sound and light. Yes, this game has light bulbs in it and audio speakers for your ear pleasure. Comes with a stereo sound system. So right there, they're already more advanced than the White Star system. Three channel amplifier. Excellent. Separate treble and bass adjustment. I mean, sucks when you only have one of the two. And 120 RGB lights all programmed in pink. All right. I mean, that's that's a pretty good feature matrix. It's going to cost you 8,900 European space bucks. I, I, I don't know how much. I don't know what that is. Is that a lot? Is it a little? Uh, that's exactly how much I spend on my big fake boobies. Hi, I'm Mr. Booby Buyer. I'll buy those boobies for 25 schmeckles. It's a tempting offer, but I'm going to have to decline. Rats, what a shame. Let's take a little deeper dive at the play field here on Space Hunt. When you look at it, the bottom third is pretty empty. Maybe even the bottom 50% of this game is pretty empty. It kind of reminds me of a homebrew playfield. Definitely maybe a little spooky feeling like the early spooky games. There's not much in it. So you've got two flippers, Italian bottom. You've got a scoop on the left. It looks like you got a left orbit. And then you've got the ramps. 
So you have a ramp that's protected by a drop target. Then you have a ramp that is unprotected there on the left side. And then, and then you, as you're going towards the center, there's, you know, the another drop target you can do there for a ball lock. Looking at the right, we do have a 180 degree ramp there in kind of right center. And then we have the other half of that ramp where they, the left and the right side feed together one ball return, which returns to the left side of the play field. Now that like double return ramp, just a shape of that reminds me of the bride of Pinbot, her head, right? That's like instantly what I thought or like a poorly drawn McDonald's app. But I'm more thinking Bride of Pinbot because it's a pinball machine. Probably just a coincidence, but that's just kind of how my brain worked. And then we've got the upper play field, if we want to call it that. It's probably the size of a Coke can. And it's got a little baby flipper up there, a little Simpsons pinball party flipper up there. And you just want to spin it around. Around she goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. And it's got that pendulum that is not a tilt bob. Uh, pinball show Zach many said it'd be cool if it was a tilt bob there and somehow incorporate like operation where you don't want to hit it see how many loops you can get around before you hit it I think that's a really good idea maybe that's how this is implemented in just a different way so that's probably that's that and that's probably that is that is the toy of the game is this hanging stick it really makes us appreciate the Mandalorian that much more for that little hanging target you hit. At least that is shaped like something. This is just a green stick with a rubber on it. And then if we look underneath the upper play field, we have a, it looks like a stand-up target, and then the third drop target there, which kind of blocks a little sneaky uh, Walking Dead way into the shooter lane. Now the back panel, they have a 3D, nope, nope, sorry. They have flat plastic kind of design, you know, layered, so it gives a 3D effect of the space hunt aliens we'll call them for lack of better uh, knowledge on that and they use flasher caps for their heads now they weren't really thinking here that could have been the topper they sell as an accessory for 500 1000 1500 you know whatever they think they could get so i'm surprised they put in the extra effort there versus just having some art back there french people are giving you a little bit of value with your fries now art on this game i'm getting cell phone like you know 99 cent app game vibes it's okay. I don't hate it. It's, I mean, obviously, it's very pink. So definitely inspired by Pepto-Bismol, as Dennis Creasel was saying. Sponsored by Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble for all your stomach needs. Now, the other games that are kind of like homebrew that have been released, right? That is Legends of Valhalla. What art package do you think is better? Legends of Valhalla art package or Space Hunt? And the results are in for what has a better art package. Unanimously, 82% of the vote is Space Hunt. That's surprising to me because it's not very detailed art, but I guess Legends of Valhalla is just that bad. Now back to the Totally Pinball Podcast, already in progress. Uh, yeah, if we look at the back box a little bit more, it looks like a Williams design. A little bit of art on it. I like the art on it. Honeycomb pattern there. Honeycomb, 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 me one, honeycomb, honeycomb, me one, honeycomb. And they copy Spooky Pinball with the metal speaker panel overlays. I appreciate that it has the stainless steel armor on this game. But if you like to spend more money, they do offer an upgrade package called the Elegance Package. Let's head over to Nap Arcade to find out more about the Elegance Package. All right, if you were to open up your wallet and spend 2100 more European space bucks on this, it's going to get you a mirrored back glass of that beautiful art. Radcal's powder-coated armor, but what color? Why do we even have to ask? Of course, it's going to be pink. Inner art blades, which could be cool. You know, anti-reflective glass. Everyone likes that. Pin sound speakers. 
Yeah, I don't know. Does Pin sound good? Is that an upgrade? Are they saying their normal speakers are crap? So that seems very American Pinball. American Pinball likes to do stuff like that. Like, oh, you get the shaker motor, you get the magic glass, you get the better speaker system, you get the inner arbor. Looks like Nap Arcade's got a little bit more backstory here. It says it's D-Day friends. The whole team is proud and happy to reveal Hexa Pinball's first pinball machine, the Space Hunt. Oh, okay. Designed and manufactured in Francais, are you ready? Play as Spheris, the latest free representative of your people, enslaved by the space hunters and hunted for hundreds of years. When all seems lost in your fight for freedom, you receive unexpected help which will modify the balance of power. It's now time to free your people. Looks like the game's going to be revealed June 10th at the Salon des Pancakes. Next week on the Days and Nights of Mrs. Pancakes. <laughs> oh, Space Hunt. I know you want to be a real pinball machine. Turns out they did stream it there at the Salon de Pancake. You can check out the VOD, I think, on Twitch. Not to be outdone by Space Hunt, Haggis Pinball has dropped Centaur Revisited, and they've even created their own custom soundtrack for that game. So let's take a listen. I am a monster. So for judging Space Hunt versus Centaur 2.0, I think I got to give it to Centaur 2.0 for the music. Although Space Hunt is catchy, it's kind of just two words. Or at least with Centaur here, they've created a song. And there's more to the song. You can check it out on their YouTube page with Haggis Pinball. So on my YouTube video for this section, I did put up the trailer with alternative music. Lady Gaga's Judas, if you're familiar with Lady Gaga or that album. I think she ripped off the Centaur art for her album cover and then like, the song just has motorcycles in it and just kind of went perfectly with it. So that is why I went with that for my little bit of humor for that video. Since I can't really show you that part in audio form, let's cut right to the meat and potatoes of my opinions on Centaur 2.0. Only Centaur. So you're probably wondering, Centaur, sounds great. Love the Bally classics. When can I get this? Rumor on the street from Nap Arcade is January 2024 production will start but this is haggis pinball after all the fathom revisited is still not done they only made like a hundred of those and it's been what two years so can we trust this company to deliver one thing they do deliver in is marketing materials so let's take a look at the flyer they're offering this in two models and the limited edition is called the orblivion edition with 50 units and then the standard edition, if we want to even call it that, is called the Beast Edition with 250 units. So a total of 300 units here. They're using Fear of Missing Out, obviously, as part of their marketing strategy. Prices have gone up. So this base model Beast Edition is going to be 10 grand, potentially. It uh, says it fluctuates based on the Australian dollar. So when you get it in five years, if you get it, maybe it'll be more than 10 grand, maybe it'll be less. Hard to say there. 
Free shipping to Planetary Pinball for U.S. customers. That's potentially good if they hold true to that. I think on Fathom they claimed free shipping as well, but no one did it because they wanted it overnighted or uh, air freighted to their house so they didn't have to wait another year for it to go on a boat. The Orblivion edition is $16,500, so a bit of a price hike there. I'm getting Galactic Tank Force Signature Edition vibes from this because it's the same game, almost. You do get, instead of a lunchbox, you do get a leather jacket, so that's pretty cool. I'm looking for something that says, Dad likes leather. Something that says, Leather Daddy? Oh, is there such a thing? And you also get a vinyl record soundtrack of the game. I mean, it was a banger when we were watching that trailer, so can't wait for the full 10-track soundtrack. Now, they don't say it's 10 tracks long, but, I mean, if you're going to have an album, what, that's at least, what, 8 tracks? Well, not 8 tracks. We're not going back to the 70s. Well, this did come out in the 80s, so the tail end of the 8-track era. So maybe it'll be on 8-track on vinyl for your listening pleasure. Let's go over the feature matrix in more depth here. So... Looks like they're all going to have a 2.0 code. That's great. I think the Fathom Mermaids and the Fathom reg Regulars, they kind of learned there at the end that everyone wants 2.0 code or at least the ability to have it. So cool. Mirror, chrome, cabinet, and playfield elements. That's just marketing speak for their shiny things on the playfield. Five speaker audio system with subwoofer. Sweet. I mean, you got left, right, center, and then you've got two others. Maybe they have the deep root crotch speakers there for the other two. Mirror chrome backlash. I love a mirrored backlash. So that's actually a feature I approve of, and that's on both editions. Under cabinet lighting. So another way to distract your opponents while you're playing. Just flip it on when it's their ball. And at the corner of their eye, they're going to catch that light and probably miss flip or miss the ball altogether. So perfect addition for tournaments. Dual apron LCD screens. Why have one LCD in the apron when you can fit two? That's actually probably a good solution to the problem of not having a back box to put the LCD in. And you, what you've got, like a postcard size to use. So I don't have a problem with two. I think that um, they could go with the pin bar, but they didn't. So we got two little LCDs. Looks like we have a Haggis exclusive here, ReflectoCab. Metallic reflecting aluminescent cabinet art. That sounds really cool. I'm getting spooky pinball butter cabinet vibes here, but it's maybe black light reactive here and then uh beast edition only here interactive beast topper so there's a separate topper for the oblivion model here which is called the underworld queen plasma topper with additional lighting sold take my money now oh 16,500. cancel my order the rest of these features here are exclusive to the oblivion so let's keep going here optional oh looks like they're breaking from tradition with the uh three color art and you can choose to go with a color playfield and plastic art. I don't think I would do that, but you got a choice, right? You got a choice. If you want to break tradition, you can do it. You're paying the money. Why not? Custom callouts. Uh, we'll see if that's a positive. Additional multi-ball. Again, we'll see if that's a positive. It's not a positive for JJP. Inner cabinet art blades. That is a positive. Etched mirror side rails. Uh, that's a cool touch, especially when you're paying that much money. Not something you really need. Black pinballs. Cool. Finally, someone breaking from the mold. It's so long, Silverball. We're going carbon gray metallic, just like the auto industry. And they're switching up the drop targets to be black as well. And white queen's chamber targets. So I just think the colors probably changed there. Like we said before, you get the vital record. You get the leather jacket. 
And you get signed and numbered Centaur Revisited Comic Poster. That's available on both. So, something in the goodie bag besides a couple extra plastics. You got a poster in there. But signed by who? That's the question. Did they get the artist, the original artist to sign it? Did they get those two characters on the backlash to sign it? Centaur and Centaur Woman? Is it just Damien signing it? Is it Marty from Final Round Podcast? Is it Bob's Your Uncle from the corner? Is it Johnny Pinball? Did I secretly sign these? Well, you'll have to buy one to find out. I may have signed up to 10 of them. So what do I think of the game? I think it looks really good, just like Fathom does. You may have noticed they added some RGB lighting. It's tastefully done. I can handle that. The coin door in the photo looks like they took a page out of Play Mechanics book there, and it looks better than the Mermaid 1. I don't actually know if the Mermaid 1 shipped with that blue button or not, but on uh, Centaur here, it's the traditional Bally start button in stainless steel. It still says Haggis, where it should say Bally, so that annoys me a little bit. If you're paying for the name and everything, I think it should say Bally as well. So, should you be buying one? Well, let's go over the hits and misses of Centaur Revisited. Hits include the included topper on both models. We do appreciate the extra touch of the leather jacket on the Oblivion model. Both models also get standard mirrored back glass and a five speaker sound system that our audio engineers say sounded superb and one of the best in the industry. Some misses for Centaur Revisited include high base model price of $10,000 just isn't competitive when a Stern Pro is $7,000. No service outlet in the cabinet makes servicing your Centaur pinball machine that much harder if you were to need to connect a soldering iron. Non-refundable and non-transferable pre-order model. This needs to stop in the industry and we don't like the direction this company is headed. Finally, the company is run like a Ponzi scheme. This new money no doubt will be used to help complete all the Fathom revisiteds that they are owed to customers. Buyer beware. Does Haggis make a product that's compelling enough for you to purchase? Let us know in the comments section below. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And I'll see you next time on the Johnny Pinball Show. Wow, what a good segment. Feels like it was only yesterday I recorded that. We are on a roll here. What's next? We've already talked about Centaur. We've already talked about Space Hunt. We've talked about potential Venom. We've talked about the James Bond accessories. What's left to talk about? Hey, welcome to American Pinball. My name is David Fix. My name is Peter Monroe. I'm the lead technician here at American Pinball, and I'm going to show you how to install your ball deflector bracket and your target reinforcement bracket for Galactic Tank Force. That's right, Galactic Tank Force, attack! Here we are in July 2023, about four months after those teaser trailers came out, and they're finally getting around to a fix that David Fix has approved for the bending targets on the tank. That's great news for all 10 of you Galactic Tank Force owners out there in the wild. Now, they are starting to trickle out finally. They may have been delaying, or they're saying they're delaying because of this problem, but I'm not sure what the holdup actually was. I do know our local arcade, one of them, at least Lumberjack Johnny's, has now got the collector's edition with the tank treads, and I think it has the fix already installed. Fix also says they fixed the ball issue where they were getting magnetized in the game, preventing the ball lock mechanism from working. So it kind of seems like these first owners were really just beta testers since they don't really put these games on location anymore for testing. And apparently their internal testing with world-renowned player Stephen Bowden wasn't good enough to find any of these issues. Just saying, AP, what, what are you doing there? 
Oh, that's right. They're getting ready to set up their seventh manufacturing line. That way they can have one for each of their games. Hot Wheels, Houdini, Oktoberfest, Valhalla, Tank Force. I know that's only five, but they're planning on getting around to the other two coming soon. So they just got to have those lines ready in preparation. Moving on to pinball manufacturers, moving slowly, we got Chicago Gaming Company, still going by their nickname, Chicago Delaying Company. Guess what? To no one's surprise, Pulp Fiction has been delayed. <laughs> Guys, have you ever heard of under-promising and over-delivering? You were shooting for Q3 2023, and now it's delayed to 2024. You should just said in the trailer, hey, it's not coming out to 2025. Then you actually have a goal you might have been able to make. And if you somehow got it out in 2024, everyone would be in love with CGC. I haven't heard anything if the Medieval Madness run is, that was planned for this year is going to happen. It doesn't seem like it. They're still working on those Cactus Canyons. So I think CGC schedule is probably wrapped up through 2024 with Cactus Canyon, potential Medieval Madness run, and then Pulp Fiction. All right, let's move on across the port here to Wisconsin. Spooky Pinball, not much to report. They're still working on Scooby-Doo's. Halloween Ultraman getting code updates, so hopefully they can bring that game back from the grave. I don't know. It was designed by committee. Kind of like the Queen game. I don't think that game's ever going to become... I don't think that game's ever going to become a favorite of anyone, so best that they cut their losses and move on, but I know they're trying to save face because they want people to buy again. They want that Rick and Morty hype, and I really wish they could make more Rick and Mortys. That is a game... If we go back to themes that weren't really done justice, it was done justice, though the layout could use a little tweak. I mean, that's why there was that Jerry Ramp mod recently that came out. But there just wasn't enough of them out there. And for how well the callouts are and how big that theme is, 750 will have never been enough. Kaneda dropped the rumor of the Princess Bride for one of their potential games, but I'm hearing that's not the next game, but it is somewhere down the line. And we still don't know about Benjamin Heckerdorn's game or Ben Heck. He was promised a game, I thought, in 2022, but it's 2023. Haven't heard anything from him. I know he's programming their next game, so we'll see a little bit of Ben Heck when that comes out. What do you think that's going to be? Probably early 24? Before I move on, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think Spooky's biggest asset was when they had Scott Denisi. They need to get Scott Denisi back to work on some games. He actually is a really good designer along with his musical talents. Just pairs well with the spooky model and that family atmosphere they have. I want to see Scott and Spooky collab on a Cocaine Bear game. It was made for him. It's got to happen. It should happen. Bug, please, let's let's talk. Talk off camera. You can email me at johnny.pinball at aol.com. Have we heard anything from Multimorphic? No, but we do know Scott Denise's camping over there right now. So, Scott, come back. Come back to Wisconsin. Come back to Spooky. All right, what other manufacturers are left? I never remember them all, so... Forgive me when I miss you if you're one of the manufacturers I missed. We do know Dutch Pinball announced or kind of announced that their next game will be announced next year for the announcement to be announced. So get ready for that in a year. Mark your calendars 2024. We'll find out what the next game for Dutch Pinball might be. Jersey Jack. Yeah, them. What? What What are they doing? What are they making? Toy Story? No, that's not really selling anymore. Godfather? I don't know. They got to make the Ellie's still. Or is it, are the Ellie? No, Ellie's not the good one. Collector's Edition. That's the one they got to make yet. And then rumor is Steve Ritchie's game is next. Everyone's excited for this. This is like the litmus test. Does Steve still have it? Will this be his ACDC when he came back to Stern? Everyone I talked to is hoping so. The king needs to return. Right now, Elwin, I guess Elwin's the king, but he's really the goat. So what's better, the king or the goat? I don't know. I think it comes down to themes. What themes are these guys making? Is it Iron Maiden? Is it Godzilla? Is it Avengers? Is it Jurassic Park? Or is it, you know, Elton John, Matrix, Top Gun, Led Zeppelin, maybe even Harry Potter? That rumor's been swirling around since Joe Kamenkow came out and said, hey, JJP's got Harry Potter. 
Could it be Steve Ritchie? Everyone's thinking it's going to be Eric Minier. I thought Eric Minier would be the logical choice, but it could be Mark Seiden as well. He's hiding there in the bushes like Craig Bobby, pretending to be furniture at JJP. They might have forgot that they hired Mark Seiden. We also don't know who stole, using air quotes there, who stole Sonic Spinball from American Pinball. That was Ryan McQuaid's game for his homebrew. Someone took it, and if you believe people at face value, it wasn't Stern. I don't know. Maybe it was JJP that took Sonic Spinball. Jersey Jack Pinball is my prime suspect for taking Sonic Spinball from American. And it's been over a year. So if it's coming out by a major manufacturer, I think it's due either the end of this year or 2024 if it's going to get made. Could just be a block move by Stern. Block it for strategic reasons. I don't think it's good enough for us to make, but I don't want my competition to make it sort of thing. Well, rounding out the news here, we did have a couple topper releases. We had the Rush topper and the Godzilla topper, both from Stern Pinball. Rush Pinball, right? It's been out a couple years. Well, not quite two years. I think it came out January 2022. They have a topper, and just like in stern fashion, it came out, you know, not right away. came out over a year after. I want to say this topper was released or shown somewhere around March 2023, a little over 14 months. It's hot off the heels of that Mandalorian topper the pinball community loves. That's probably coming off the best stern topper in a long time for looks at least now price wise you know all these cost way more than they should but we've come to expect that with stern accessories i'm seeing some parallels here so we had the arguably the best pinball machine in decades released in fall of 2021 with godzilla everyone thought the game after or at least stern people thought the game after would flop they're like oh rush coming out right after godzilla historically you know it's not going to sell very well and you know they've gone on podcasts saying how it exceeded expectations and here they are at it again they release or they are releasing a topper right after the mandalorian topper and i want to say the mandalorian topper while be very good this is right up there with it it's very interesting to look at aesthetically pleasing you might say you've got the radio with the four selections the little dial can be pointed at then you have the band albums that are featured in the game that can light up and then a bunch of gears for uh help me out here gearhead and the gears they turned for a thousand years until the dark day that they stop so i'm not really a big enough fan to know what the gears are all about for rush and all the rush fans out there so we're gonna go with gearhead's explanation that the gears they turned until they stopped Switching gears here, I have the Rush Pinball Topper photo up. You can see here we have all the albums featured in the game, and then that hand on the tuner of the old-fashioned radio. I assume that's kind of like a visual for what's on the play field for what like a certain shot would hit. Extra Ball, Millions, Frenzy. Oh, Frenzy! Frenzy! Thank you, Rudy. All right, I moved on to Stern's website, and we're going to read the official description of this product from SternPinball.com. The Rush Topper is a must-have accessory for fans of the band or anyone looking to enhance their Rush-themed pinball machine with a visually appealing and interactive addition. Our topper features imagery from the band's album artwork and other iconic designs associated with the group. The topper is made of durable materials to prevent fall-apart, and is designed to be easily installed on top of your machine. You want the Carnivale. It features two-pronged wall plug, pre-molded hand grip well, durable outer casing to prevent fall apart. Sold! Well, Stern didn't really do that great a job 
hyping their topper here. So let's go to the ultimate hype straight down the middle and see what they think about the rush topper. Okay, we got, ooh, they got Galactic Tank Force GTF coming soon. Can't wait to watch that. Candles, what? No. Godzilla topper, okay, okay. Where is the rush topper? Sports card trading, Escalera, Scooby-Doo, Pulp Fiction, Mandalorian topper. Wait, they, they skipped the rush topper? Zach, where are you? You're, you're I think you're kind of, you're not being yourself here. What's going on? You're supposed to be the ultimate topper hype, man. No, no love for rush or, or the, just that rare and you can't even get one in. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for the Rush Topper. Price is $1,699. Do you think it's worth it? Food for thought here. I pulled up pin side. You know, a great place to find used games. I'm just putting the parameters here. It looks like it auto-filled 2,000. I swear I didn't type 2,000. But we've got the machines for sale here uh, by highest price to lowest. So for your $1,700, you could get a Scooby-Doo Collector's Edition uh oh that's just a deposit never mind i guess they're they're not quite that cheap yet um but you can get a millionaire of extra populated playfield for 16 oboe a godly buck rogers oboe 1600 that one might be a good choice here mars god of war i've always been interested in that one because it's got the chase light back glass a matahari everyone loves matahari a hollywood a gottlieb hollywood heat what a deal this I, I guess they're right. The pinball market is coming to a crash. You can get a Hollywood Heat for $1,500. F-14 Tomcat for $1,500. It, it's got to be a turd. I mean, that's a steal. A Tomcat for $1,500 in Pennsylvania. If you're in Pennsylvania, pick that one up. As you can see, it goes on and on. Electronimo, Laser Ball, Rapid Fire. Well, that's not pinball. More Scooby-Doo's. Charlie's Angels, Early Gottlieb's here. Sinbad. Sinbad's a great game. Close Encounters, Fireball Classic. Torch? I've never even heard of Torch. Let's move on to the next topper, Godzilla. Here it is on Stern's official webpage, just like we saw with Rush. This one's a little cheaper, $999.99, a penny below what consumers think is too much for a topper. All right, we got Team Elwin, you know my favorite designer, the GOAT. Let's see how they market this exclusive Godzilla topper. The Godzilla Heat Ray Destruction Topper accessory will immerse players into a world of chaos, incorporating a custom-molded Godzilla sculpture, not the premium Manelli one, breathing a heat ray against the city landscape. With three fire panels, a custom-sculpted heat ray plume, implementing 21 RGB lights and a special flash lamp projecting Godzilla's shadow, this exclusive decorative topper, decorative this time, integrates distinct light shows and includes an exclusive King of the Monsters time attack mode, elevating the entire gaming experience of Godzilla. Ooh, I am pumped for this for this topper. I want a special mode. I want a shadow on my wall like the bat signal. I want a new duck. One that won't try to bite. One that won't chew a hole in my socks. One that won't quack all night. I want a plume of fire breathing heat ray goodness. Something like that. So they just have one picture. It looks kind of boring with the background. It's like, it looks like the backboard of the game already with the lit up buildings. More of the same. And then it's the same toy as in the premium LE. And you guys know a lot of people upgrade that toy. That's how I got mine in my pro. I think it looks fine. It makes my pro look a little bit better. I luckily got it from a friend who didn't charge me for it. So 
That was great, and it looks like there's going to be more of these hitting the market <laughs> as people upgrade them, so uh, maybe more pro owners can get a free upgrade like I did. It's got tanks, but the tanks are just plastics. They're not actual tanks. There's no GTFs there. David Fix, he's not hiding in one of those windows, as far as we're aware. And then the plume. The plume is Godzilla shooting. What What does he shoot with that plume? Let's read the... It's his heat ray plume. Is he shooting down, or is the plume coming up? Nobody knows. Well, it's probably shooting down, trying to take care of those tanks. And then we got the fire escape, which is cool. You know it would be cooler? Just like in the System 11 game Fire, if you had some sort of... Uh, what do they call that? It's like that lenticular effect. That could be cool, but I don't think they did that in this case. So Godzilla Topper, I've talked about this on the podcast, the Tribal Pinball Podcast. If you're not familiar with it, check it out on your favorite podcast app. And we discussed this topper along with the Rush Topper. But maybe you're not satisfied with the factory topper and you want to go aftermarket. This is what we're looking at here. This is the Electric Playground Godzilla Topper. And it looks like it's a city on top of a UFO. And personally, I think the OEM one looks better than this. I don't know. It doesn't cover the whole top of the game for one, so it seems a little off. Well, you don't get that mode. I think a big selling point is the integration with Stern Games is to get the Insider Connect, I'm sure, some sort of achievement. And you get that extra mode for people who are mortal and can't finish the game. You can go right to one of the end modes and just enjoy uh, the utter chaos. So this topper, I don't know what it costs, but I don't think many people will be swinging for it. And then lastly, we had the Mandalorian topper. Didn't really go over that too much, but remember this one was $2,000. So Mandalorian, $2,000. Rush, uh, I think it was $1,700. And then Godzilla at $1,000. Which one do you think would have been the best topper out of the three if price didn't matter? Johnny's opinion on this is I go Rush topper. I think that one's the coolest with the spinning gears, followed by the Mandalorian topper with the hologram is really cool. And then the Godzilla topper just phoned in. I don't even think I would buy it if it was given to me for 10 bucks. Well, that's going to wrap up episode 10 here on the Totally Pinball Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. You can reach out to me with questions, comments, and concerns at johnny.pinball at aol.com. I'm also on YouTube under Johnny Pinball, and I'm also in the Tri-Ball Pinball Podcast. You can also find me playing at District 82 in some of the tournaments. So, you know, I'm out there if you want to say hi. And if you made it this far, you probably realized some of this content was recycled from prior videos. That's what I do now here on the Totally Pinball Podcast. Some of the content is just the videos condensed a little bit and edited for the audio format. Also, it's not too early to start thinking about the Twippies. You can nominate me for YouTube under Johnny Pinball or this podcast, the Totally Pinball Podcast. I appreciate your support. I am Johnny Pinball, and you stay classy, Pinside.
you today. Upon my cosmic keyboard I play. From another planet, so I'm always learning. And I'm also a oh. DJ. We're the friends of Superstar, man's best friend, or in my case, a mouse. Love taking walks, even if they're far. I'm the drummer in this band. My mustache is the best in the land. Pasquale is my name, let me tell you a joke. What did the left hand say to the right hand? You know what Carrie said? I didn't want to bring up the issues because the video would have been too long. 